How's it going, everybody? This is Dylan, your host of Ravel Football Podcast. Come back at you with another podcast here. And right now, we're going to be doing a little talk about the head coaching spots that have been filled and the head coaching spots that haven't been filled in the NFL. So, what's going on is there are only two, uh, two out of eight vacancies left in the NFL head coaching spots. And that is with the Cincinnati Bengals. But it looks like they have announced who their next head coach is going to be. It will be Zach Taylor. He is the quarterback coach, I believe, right now for the L.A. Rams. He will be joining the Bengals as soon as the Rams season's done, which they could still possibly have another couple of weeks, or it could be uh, squashed this week against Dallas, which we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So the Bengals, it looks like they have kind of found their guy, and they're announcing it with uh, the firing of with the starting to fire staff of thurs on Thursday. I think that was last Thursday they started to fire everybody but I'm not sure. It looks like the Dolphins also still are in search of a head coach, which uh, I think the Dolphins are going to be a spot where you're kind of going to have to look at a guy. Um, Maybe the uh, former Browns defensive coordinator that just got fired, uh, Greg Williams. He was, I heard that he was supposed to be taking over the Browns head coaching spot, but as we can see, that didn't happen. He was actually released by the Browns. Um, in favor of the Browns using offensive coordinator, interim offensive coordinator, Freddie Kitchens is their head coach. I do like that move. I thought Freddie Kitchens was going to stay as offensive coordinator in Cleveland anyway or go head coach somewhere else. I wasn't expecting him to be named the Browns head coach. Um, the Packers, of course, have were the first off the board with uh, Matt LaFleur being named their head coach. Former Titans offensive coordinator comes from a great line of Newer age coaches like uh, Mike Shanahan and Sean McVay. I think he brings a big uh, role into Green Bay, being a quarterback whisperer. He's definitely the ideal quarterback coach that you would want um, with his work with RG3 from 2010 to 2013. Worked with uh, Matt Ryan, his MVP season. Jared Goff, the LA Rams, and Sean McVay in 2017 as the offensive coordinator. But of course, in that offense, um, he was he was just kind of an assistant there. Uh, it was Sean McVay calling the plays in LA, um, and then last year with uh, the Titans' first year calling plays, which he didn't do too bad in the run game. But the rest of it, I mean, injuries had a big part to play, losing their starting tight end for the year, um, Marcus Mariota coming down with an elbow injury to his throwing arm, nonetheless. So, Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, I love that pickup. My number one guy on that list. The Broncos have gotten their head coach. They stuck with the defensive side of the ball with uh, Vic Fangio as their head coach. That takes away the Brown, or the Bears' defensive coordinator, so we'll have to see what the Bears look like next year. I mean, they have the talent, but can they get another guy like Vic Fangio to get the players to play to their full potential? I don't know. The Jets have signed my number two guy uh, that I wanted in Green Bay, and that is Adam Gase. I think Adam Gase is going to turn the Jets around and start to progress them onto a new role. Adam Gase in Miami, I don't think he did bad, but I definitely think he was just kind of thrown into that situation uh, unprepared. That Dolphins team, uh, much like Green Bay kind of right now, is under scrutiny by, is under bombardment by the owners. Um, I think a lack of general management and uh, leadership from the owners and from the front office is contributing to that team's woes. 
The Cardinals, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I think Cliff Kingsbury comes from Texas Tech. So he's going to bring in an air raid offense, which I think Josh, Josh Rosen is going to thrive in as long as the Cardinals uh, do go out there and get some uh, decent wide receivers. I mean, they only have the rookie wide receiver. I don't know what they're doing with Larry Fitzgerald. Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians actually came back for a head coaching job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was kind of surprising because I was told, from what he said, he's, he was only coming back for the job in uh, Cleveland. But obviously, Bruce Arians wanted to coach. Uh, he was a guy that I'd want in Green Bay because of his prowess with the offense. So, Bruce Arians is going to Tampa Bay. I think that's going to be a good fit for him. And I think he's going to uh, make that team into something. Because they've got weapons like Deshaun Jackson and uh, Mike Evans and Cameron Brayton and O.J. Howard. He has the tools down there to mold that offense into something that he wants. It's going to be interesting to see what they do at defensive coordinator and what they're going to do with quarterback because is Jameis Winston going to be the guy down there? I don't know. I don't know if Bruce Arians is going to put up with him. And honestly, I don't think Jameis Winston is as good as Jameis Winston was brought up to be. I don't think he was worth that first round pick. I mean, when you can't go a whole season, I know you're suspended the first four games for some off the field activities that you decide to do, um, which I did not agree with. And in my personal opinion, that was wrong of him to do what he did. And I'm not going to go over that right now, guys. But if those of you who heard, uh, just that's my opinion on it. He was in the wrong. So if Bruce Arians decides to deal with that, what's the next step in the process for Jameis Winston? But right now, I think out of 2016, the top quarterback was definitely Marcus Mariota. The Bengals, the Bengals are in a weird spot with them having the head coaching vacancy. I think that the Bengals are a team that was definitely held down by Marvin Lewis. I mean, they've had talent, but they've never been able to put the talent together. But with them losing uh, Andy Dalton this past season to that thumb injury and having Jeff Driscoll go out there, I think Marvin Lewis was finally shown the door because everybody's just like, look, Andy Dalton isn't a isn't a great quarterback, but he's a serviceable uh, quarterback to be in there. And they've had the talent at wide receiver on the defensive side of the ball. They've had the talent to make it far into the playoffs. But they are 0-8 in playoff appearances, which is crazy. Um, So I think that's why Marvin Lewis got the boot. I don't think Marvin Lewis is going to have another job. So like I said a little bit ago, Zach Taylor is the new head coach there. Um, Let's move into the divisional matchups here. So the Chiefs versus the Colts, Patriots versus Chargers, Saints versus Eagles, and Rams versus Dallas. That Chiefs versus Colts game, I'm really interested in because I have $5 in on that game with a buddy at work. We go through each week, pick a game, and the later in the year it got, the more I started winning. I was crap at the beginning of the year going 1-5, in five actually, uh, in the first five weeks. So I've got the Chiefs. He's got the Colts. I took the Colts last week, and they won. So I was happy about that, but I just don't know if that Colts defense is going to be enough to stop that Chiefs offense, especially after coming off of, after them coming off a of bye week, them getting rested up there. Uh, the only issue I have with that game is the Chiefs defense. I don't know if they'll be able to put a damper on Andrew Luck in that resurgence Colts offense, especially with that offensive line the Colts have. That offensive line is great, guys. Um, they only allowed less than, I think they only allowed 
20 sacks at most on Andrew Luck. If I'm wrong, I which I probably am, the last I seen the Colts offensive line rankings, they had only allowed 17 sacks at that point in the season. That was pretty late in the season, guys. But that Colts team is one that surprised me. I think next year coming into it, they'll be a lot better. Uh, you'll definitely see them making a run for that AFC South title. Patriots versus Chargers. My dream Super Bowl matchup for this year is Saints and Chargers in the Super Bowl. There's actually a good shot of that happening, too. I think the Chargers have what it takes to take down the Patriots, especially with the Patriots not doing too well this year. Um, They've had their games, like the game against Tennessee where they got beat. I think the Chargers are just going to come out. And they've got a pretty high-powered offense and a pretty good defense. I think they'll be able to stop Tom Brady. The key to stopping Tom Brady that people aren't getting is you need to put pressure on him. That Patriots offensive line is good, but it's not good when you're putting the pressure. Uh, That's when Tom Brady starts to fall apart. That's what the Eagles did back in in the last Super Bowl. So if the Chargers can do that consistently, I mean, they've got Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. If they can consistently put pressure on Tom Brady... That's going to be the key to victory for the Chargers. Though, of course, with it being Tom Brady and the Patriots and Bill Belichick, I won't be surprised if the Patriots won. But my pick for that's the Chargers. My pick for the Chiefs. Colts game is the Chiefs, of course. Um, Saints versus the Eagles. I think the Eagles have already beaten. The Eagles beat the Saints this year. I don't know if they did or not. But... um, my pick for that game is the Saints. I think the Saints and Drew Brees are just going to march all over the Eagles. Um, will Nick Foles have a great game? Probably. I won't doubt it. But the key to that game is going to be the defense on each side of on each team. The Eagles defense is going to have to stop Drew Brees in that weird Saints offensive scheme. The only reason I call it weird is because the Saints are doing a better job of plug and play than the Patriots are this year. Um, there's guys on the Saints that are coming up from undrafted free agency, catching all sorts of touchdown passes, guys. Um, I think in that Bengals one, there was like, what was it? Four or five different people caught touchdowns that game. Uh, Michael Thomas's touchdowns that game were amazing. Uh, Michael Thomas is going to be the biggest threat to that Eagles defense, especially because the Eagles don't have very many defensive backs left, and they aren't that great. They... Eagles solely rely on that front uh, four on that defense to get the pressure going. So my pick for that is the Saints. I think they have the more complete defense. I think they have the more complete team overall. And with Drew Brees leading the way, I definitely think they have a better shot there. Rams versus Dallas. Um, A big thing that was brought up to me about this game is Dallas. Zico Elliott is averaging about five yards a carry, I believe, and the Rams are giving up like nine yards a carry on defense. So all Dallas has to do is keep running the ball with Zeke Elliott, but will they do that? I don't know. I think that Rams team will be able to defeat Dallas. I think they are the more complete team. The Rams have an ecstatic offensive line, an electric offensive or non-offensive line, an electric offense, which I think is going to be the big key to them winning this game. Uh, Dallas has a decent defense. Dallas has a decent offense. I just think the Rams are the more complete and more overpowered team there. The big issue with the Rams is is they don't really play the run as much as they should. When they play the run, they're still more rushing the passer. You guys have probably heard people talk about this, but it's true. And you can tell the way they play because they're always trying to get around the quarterback, which isn't a bad way to play, but there are times, especially against this game in Dallas this weekend, where... 
well, against Dallas this weekend in L.A., you have when they've got a running back like Ezekiel Elliott, you really have to respect that. You can't be rushing the passer even when you're trying to stop the run because that's just going to put you in a whole mess of problems. That's why you're giving up nine yards of carry on defense. So my pick for that game, it's going to be a close one, but I'm going to lean more towards the Rams with that because of them being the more complete team, like I said. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers here. I know we do this a lot here, but that's just who I want to talk about right now. I think it's going to be the interesting thing coming in next year. So, of course, we got the new head coach. That's going to be the big starting point to a lot of what we're going to be talking about this coming offseason as I get this podcast rolling. I know it's been a while since we've had videos. I just released one a couple days ago. Actually, it was the first one in a while. So right now we're going to start talking about the Packers and their positions. This is is what I'm going to call the Packers holes in the positions. Um, this is what we're going to talk about where I think we need some changes in Green Bay and where I think we could add some guys and where I think we're fine. Quarterback, um, our backups need to develop more. I was sad when we got rid of Alex Van Pelt. Uh, him and Rodgers were on the same page, but with the – Arrival of Matt LaFleur and his experience as a quarterback coach coming in and with his experience with the quarterbacks he's had, I think he's going to be able to develop those backups. But I might still go out and pick up a veteran backup to compete with uh, Kaiser and Tim Boyle in that uh, second and third quarterback spot. But other than that, we're fine there because we have Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers could stay healthy. Running back, I think we're solid there. Um could we use a third guy? I'd definitely pick up a third guy, guys. Um, because you want to run... The two running backs we have are fit for a New England Patriots-style thing where we're running two running backs, or a running back stable. Um, two to three running backs, uh, all taking over games. I think that's the way to go in the NFL anymore. Because you're not. there's not many teams out there nowadays that have that one single running back. Though, as much as I like that system, that's just not how it is in the NFL anymore. I think with Aaron Jones as our number one, you've got Jamal Williams as our power back and our number two, and then you bring in a third guy, maybe in the draft, maybe in free agency. Uh, You've got a solid running back stable right there. But right now, I think we're solid with just the two guys we have. I'm not counting like Capri Capri Bibbs and all them because the likelihood of them getting re-signed this offseason is very unlikely. So I'm not even going to worry about adding those two guys, just the two guys that we have under contract for the next couple of years. Wide receiver, I'd add another big red zone target, like a big body Terrell Pryor type dude, and I'd add a speedy slot receiver. But other than that, I think we're pretty good there with uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Jamon Moore, Equinemius St. Brown, because we aren't retaining our wide receiver coach from this past year. Uh, First year in the NFL, he was a quality control coordinator. Before, I don't know who with, but we brought him in first time uh, as a wide receiver coach. Failed horribly. He was a big part of the offensive struggles in Green Bay this year. So I think if we bring in a solid wide receiver coach, we're going to be able to work this offense better and we'll be set to a point where we're going to be winning games. Tight end. As much as I like Jimmy Graham, I definitely think that it's about time we draft a tight end. We need to develop our own tight end, not go out there in free agency. I know Green Bay isn't a team that's big on tight ends, big on using tight ends much anymore. 
it seems like after Jermichael Finley went down, tight ends haven't been a big use in Green Bay. I mean, look at Richard Rodgers when we had Martellus Bennett. Richard Rodgers stepped up and so did Lance Kendricks. Uh, Richard Rodgers gets kicked off the team after having a good year. Lance Kendricks had a good year. Now he's third on the depth chart behind Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis coming into the season, which I think uh, Kendricks should have been first or second on that team on the depth chart uh, with gr- only Graham being in front. Mercedes Lewis didn't deserve that number two spot. Graham shouldn't have been that far down, or Kendricks shouldn't have been that far down the depth chart. So we need a youthful, good-sized tight end. Uh, maybe like the tight end that the Giants have, maybe like him or the guy that the Rams have, or a guy like uh, San Francisco. What's that guy's name? Uh, crap. I cannot remember his name. Kittle. Kittle would be a great addition to the Packers. We need a guy like him in here. Uh, just as long as we get the youthful vertical threat tight end. Offensive line, I think we just need one big issue I think coming into the season was not having a stable right guard. Uh, we came in with a guy that won't be starting on any other team in the NFL, and Justin McCray ended up playing Byron Bell there for a little bit, and then I think we finished with Justin McCray there. But for whatever reason, we did not come in with a starting caliber right guard. So that bothered me a little bit. I think we need a new right tackle. Brian Bilaga just isn't worth the money anymore. He's great when on the field, but he's off the field more than he is on the field. So I think he's more of a liability and a cap hit at this point. So I'd definitely be looking to move on from him. I'd be looking to get a new right guard and maybe a new left guard. Um, Lane Taylor, I don't think, has stepped into the shoes he was trying to fill in Josh Sitton. And I think that we just need to draft a younger guy to take his place. I mean, you've got two solid building blocks on that offensive line and Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari. So you should be able to build a decent offensive line off of that team. I know the Packers offensive line was highly ranked in uh, pass blocking, but a big issue with that is how long Aaron controls Aaron holds the ball. He's one of the quarterbacks in the NFL that holds it the longest. If not, he is the longest quarterback. He is the quarterback that holds it the longest. Um, and that's a big issue. He needs to get the ball out there quicker. I think that he can throw some guys open, but I understand where he was coming from this year. I understand some of the woes he was having because he was having issues with the knee from week one. And plus last year, the reason that we sucked with Brett Hundley was because Rogers broke his throwing collarbone, his collarbone on his throwing arm broken. So coming into the season with that, I think he was playing scared. And then on top of that, having to deal with that injury against Chicago in week one and then coming out and playing on that like he did instead of just uh, sitting it out. He came in, played hard for us. I love what Aaron Rodgers did, but I definitely think that Aaron Rodgers would have been playing a lot better if it wasn't for that injury. And if he would have gotten into groove before that knee injury, I definitely think we'd be in a better place than we are now. Defensive end, I think we're solid there, but we need a little bit of depth. I think the def- I think the defensive depth is kind of hurting us. Uh, the only real place we have depth at is the inside linebacker spot. Defensive end, um, talk about that. I mean, we've got Mike Daniels, we've got Dean Lowry, we've got Montrevis Adams. Uh, who am I thinking of? Looney and uh, somebody else wasn't there. 
But anyway, talk about Muhammad Wilkerson on that defensive end spot. Where would he fit in right now? I think uh, Wilkerson would bring something to Green Bay. I think we should bring him back on another deal. But it also wouldn't hurt if we just let him walk. Uh, I don't think he'd be a big re-signing for us. Because I think Dean Lowry stepped into those shoes pretty well with what he did. Um, Dean Lowry was definitely, I think, a big underrated player on this defense. I think that when he came in as the starter like he did last year, he definitely stepped up and played well for us. So I'd honestly look at just giving Dean Lowry that left end role and then Mike Daniels on the other side, right end. D-tackle is another place we need depth. We don't have really anybody behind Kenny Clark. I know in a lot of mock drafts, I see guys like Ed Oliver or other defensive tackles coming to Green Bay. And I quite frankly don't understand why. I know uh, possibly taking best player available, but when you've got bigger holes to fill, like offensive line, safety, edge rusher, stuff like that, or outside linebacker to replace Matthews and possibly Perry, or wide receiver to replace Randall Cobb possibly, There's just so many other holes that you need to look at besides defensive tackle because they're not moving on from Kenny Clark. I'm sorry to tell you. I don't know what it is about that. It just seems like everybody wants the Packers to move on from Kenny Clark, which I don't think it's going to happen. Kenny Clark's too good of a player for us. The dude's young. He's still on his rookie contract. I think he's going to get paid in Green Bay. Um, I would be really disappointed if he didn't. But we definitely need a solid veteran uh, backup for Kenny Clark or some added depth there. Outside linebacker, we only really have one outside linebacker left under contract, and that's Kyler Fackrell. Um, finished the season with ten and a half sacks. Uh, definitely a guy that probably won a starting job for next year. I'd definitely start him over Clay Matthews. I'd start him over Nick Perry. But we don't have enough Kyler Fackrells on the outside to start on both ends, so we're stuck with whoever we have. Clay Matthews, I think Clay Matthews will be done. The only way I keep Clay Matthews is if we get rid of Nick Perry. The way I get rid of Nick Perry is if it's after June 1st because that's going to save us $11 million in cap and only give us a cap hit of $3 million. But we need to get younger and we need to get faster out there. Um, whether it be Kendall Donerson type guys, which I wish he would have played that last game against uh, Detroit. We activated him from the practice squad, but he was never active in a game. So I don't get that. Inside linebacker, I think we have plenty of depth there. Um, we got Martinez, Ryan Morrison, Oren Burks, uh, Crawford. I think there's somebody else there, but I'm not sure. But I think that if we walk away from Ryan, we could easily put Morrison in there. I think Morrison can develop in this system. He showed last year that I think he earned a spot on this team. Uh, he played with intensity. I liked, uh, how he played. He's just a guy that wants to go out there and hit somebody. Uh, so I think Morrison easily earned a spot there. I'd hope we bring back Ryan, but honestly, I think that we could replace him either in the draft or in free agency or with somebody on the team. It just all depends on how what's going to work out. Corners, I think uh, if we stay healthy, we've got one of the best cornerback groups in the NFL with uh, King, Alexander, and Breland on the field at the same time. I, th- I think that's the key to the Packers' success in the secondary. Safeties, I think that's a complete rebuild spot. Um, we got rid of Haha Clint Dix, which I completely see why we did it. The dude was getting blown in coverages. He'd rather play if we played uh, Haha Clint Dix in this box more. I think that'd be a set group for him. 
I was sad when we got rid of Morgan Burnett, but I kind of seen why we did and then having Josh Jackson, but we didn't play Josh Jackson until the end of the year. And even still then, we kept bringing in uh, free agents that couldn't make it on other teams to try to fill in there, which I just didn't get. Why not play the guy that you drafted and hit in the spot you drafted them for? I just wasn't sure about that. And then you stick Tremont Williams back there. The dude's 35 years old at this time. Going to be 36 going to the next year. I think he needs to get going. I think him and Devon House both need to get going. I don't know why we re-signed Devon House after the terrible year he had last year. That's just me, guys. But safety, completely rebuilt. I think we need depth at corner. Um, get rid of Devon House. We have Tony Brown. I think he's better than Devon House. Get some added depth there at corner. We'll be good at the in the secondary. Kicker. Maybe it is time to move on from Crosby. I don't know. He could have just had a down year. It's all possible. Crosby's been consistent pretty much his whole career from what I've seen. Uh, I don't really watch the kicking all that much, so it happens. So maybe it is time to move on from Crosby. I don't know who you get. Do you draft somebody? Do you pick up somebody from free agency? I really don't know. Punter, I think we're set at punter with uh, J.K. Scott. I think the Packers have a pretty solid team. On paper, I think it's when it comes down to the injury bug and all that and the positional coaches not being able to coach up the guys like what happened with uh, the wide receivers this year. I think that's where we show our holes. That's the big part of the Packers organization that I think biggest issue right there is the need to develop these guys with better coaches and the need for them to play better. Uh, there's guys that I see that just don't look like they want to be here. Um, Clay Matthews, the past couple of years, just this year with him being on a contract year, I think he was playing harder than ever. Um, you can hate me all you want for saying that, but I really think it's a thing. Um, it was just, I don't know if it was just me or if other people have seen it, but I posted something on Facebook about it. A bunch, I got a bunch of hate for it, but I thought it was pretty obvious, guys. Um, he was definitely playing harder than he was the past couple of years. Even without, even with injuries and whatnot, he was still definitely playing harder. You can't tell me he wasn't. And it's because he's looking to get paid. Whether that be in Green Bay or somewhere else, he's looking to boost up his uh, earning potential. But... Just looking at what we have, guys, and what we need, there's so much that we need on this team that I think we're in a two- to three-year rebuild mode. Um, hopefully, it's not like the Browns rebuild where it takes however long for them to even get to where they are right now. Um, I think the Browns are going to be a great team going into the future. I definitely think they have a chance to take over the North with all the drama that's going on in Pittsburgh. Cincinnati finally doing a regime change. I think if they would have stuck with Marvin Lewis, they definitely would have been lower than the Browns each year going into the future. But right now, it, with Zach Taylor, depending on what he can do next year, um, the Bengals might have a promising future. I think the Ravens under Lamar Jackson are going to have to go through another rebuild on offense to help him run that college-style read offense. Because Lamar Jackson has just taken off uh, way too much. I'm hoping that he doesn't get hit like RG3 did where it takes out his knees because that's going to completely ruin him like it did RG3. That's the one reason RG3's in the boat that he is now and not one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL at this point. Um, 
Which, honestly, if RG3 didn't take that hit, I think he would be. I think he'd be on the team, maybe still with the Redskins, uh, leading them into the playoffs. You won't hear about Alex Smith going in. There's so many possibilities with injuries not happening and so much in the NFL that it could be a completely different landscape if this didn't happen or that didn't happen. Sorry about this little runoff here, guys. But the Packers being in this two- to three-year rebuild are kind of getting helped out a little bit here in terms of where we could end up in the standings of the NFC North by the Bears losing Vic Fangio to the Broncos. Um, Because as I stated when I was talking about the head coaches, that's going to leave a hole in the Bears defensive uh, group that can can somebody come in and fill that? Uh, can they get what Fangio got out of that defense? I mean, that dude ran that defense hard. That's one thing I have to admit as a Packer fan is that Bears defense has been great for years, and it's been because of that guy. Um, He knows how to get the best out of his team. And so I'm kind of worried about what he can do for Denver, especially in in a division that has the Chiefs and the Chargers. So I think the Broncos just became a contender in that division as long as they can suit, as long as they can field a half decent offense this year, um, whether it be with Case Keenum or without him, because I think they signed him to a two-year deal, and last year was his first year. So this is his last. This is Keenum's last shot in Denver, I do believe. I think that they let him play out his second year, maybe draft a quarterback, because Paxton Lynch didn't work out. Paxton Lynch is a free agent. I think Paxton Lynch. Uh, I don't know what it was with him. I had great hopes for him coming in as the Broncos quarterback, but I don't know if it was uh, something around, something wrong with uh, Trevor Simeon starting over him or what that got that going wrong. But moving back to the Packers. With how many holes we need to fill and being a small market team and not having a lot of cap space because of guys like Bulaga, Perry, um, sadly... I'm going to have to say Aaron Rodgers, even though Aaron Rodgers has a fairly team-friendly contract. That's how it's been set up. I know there's a lot of people that look at it as he's getting paid $33 million a year, but his cap's kind of set up to where it this past season it was, what was it, 11%, 11 or 12%. Next season it's going to be 13% of the cap and so on. So I think Rodgers is... And plus, you got to pay the man what he's been owed. Um, With all the carrying on his shoulders that Rodgers has brought this team, because you can't tell me without Rodgers, McCarthy would have had this much success. I think McCarthy, at best, uh, with that stale offense, would have been an 8-8 coach, maybe hitting the playoffs a few times, luck in the wild card with a 10-win season or so. But he won't be eight years straight going to the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers, without Aaron Rodgers. So, what's going to happen in Green Bay? I think there's going to be a getting used to period of Matt LaFleur. That's going to be a year or two. And, of course, that two- to three-year rebuild. So, we may get on track in the same time as we get on track with the head coach, once everybody gets on the same page, we could be off to the races again, um, whatnot, blah, 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 blah. But it is what it is, guys. 
Um, I'm excited for this offseason for the Packers. I'm excited for next season with the Packers and their new head coach. I'm excited to see what's all going to happen in the NFL. I think in our next podcast, we might start talking about the Steelers and the drama that's going on there. Or we might start talking about free possible free agents coming to the uh, market, coming up on the market. Because there's a couple guys that I know Green Bay doesn't have a lot of cap room. They've only got $44 million. But there's a couple guys that I want that I'd like to see Green Bay at least attempt to go after. So we will be talking about that in some point, in some fashion. And so either that or the Steelers drama is going to be our next podcast. So guys, I hope you like it. I'll talk to you later.